Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Turn number 757. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyesmach at take10fortorah.org. So today is uh, Wednesday, Parshas Bechul Kosai, Bahar Bechul Kosai, and Monday is Yom Yerushalayim. So I wanted to teach something this morning which actually meshes the two ideas together, and that's from an essay of the very well-known Meshachachma, the Rav Meir Simcha of Devinsk, who lived from 1843 to 1926. That's going to be significant in uh, just a few minutes. And uh, he was a prominent leader in Eastern Europe in the early 20th century. Okay, so this is Rav Meir Simcha of Devinsk writing in his Perish on Chumash, and this week's parsha, particularly relating to the Klolos, the curses that come when the Jews are not behaving as they should. And Pasuk there says, even though you are in the land of your enemies, meaning you are exiled, you will not be rejected entirely to be destroyed, which would undermine the covenant that we have, because I am Hashem your God. So in explaining what does this mean, that when we are in Galas we will not be destroyed, what will be? the phenomenon of Gullus. What will we experience while we are in exile? So he goes on to explain as follows. He says, We'll try to understand the way God works, the way the heavenly manipulations affect the world to the extent possible. He says, When we, uh, the, the declaration, the decree was made that we were to wander amongst the diaspora all around the world, for many, many years, until we get to the uh, some sort of goal. There are many methods and strategies that were considered to make sure that the Jewish people would stay unique and isolated and not entirely assimilate into the Gentile nations. And so he says, the nature of these methods and strategies are not only from God, but the nature of these were also from people. So, there are great uh, leaders of the Jews who made all sorts of lines and fences to make sure that the Jews would remember their identity and be hoping for something else, to hoping a return to Eretz Israel, etc. He begins by describing the life of Yaakov Avinu, who when he goes into Mitzrayim, he leaves Eretz Israel. So first he says, interestingly, he says, he taught them to be Mitzuyanim Sham Bivigdeim Uvishmosam, to make sure they keep their clothing and their names um, unique and identifiable so that they wouldn't assimilate entirely. He also discusses an idea that we've mentioned before about how Yaakov instructs that his children should bury him in Eretz Yisrael, specifically so that they are always looking towards that place. That is the place that really he feels himself rooted towards. And so Yaakov was this model of remembering that you are in Galas, remembering that the Jews are in exile, and that was the lesson he sought to teach to his children. He says, they, This was embedded into the, their descendants' souls to yearn for their forefathers' land and to consider themselves as strangers in foreign lands. We talk about Vayag Arsham at the Seder, that Lo Yarad Yaakov Avinu Lishtakeh, Yaakov did not want to stick around. Yosef commanded Pakod Yifkod Hashem, Elukim Aschem, that you will be remembered, and uh, don't worry, you'll be out of here someday, Yosef says to his uh, children, grandchildren. All of the Shvatim left this idea, he says, in the hearts of their 
children. And he goes on to say that later in history, the Anshayik Nesses Hagadola made rules that were the same way. They made uh, 18 different laws, and these 18 different laws involve things that keep us away from, from the Gentiles, don't allow us to necessarily eat or socialize with the Gentiles as one might be perfectly comfortable doing, and it creates that barrier in order to remind us who we are. And then he says, in regard to these rules, that's why the Yerushalmi writes, Sha'afilu Eliyahu Enu Yochel Vatel. Even Eliyahu Anavi cannot undo these rules. To which you'll wonder, what do you mean, Eliyahu Anavi? That's the end of times. So he says, not quite. He says, Afilu Bahamavasar. Eliyahu is not Mashiach. Eliyahu is the one who's going to come and declare that Mashiach has arrived. He says, even though that character, that figure of Eliyahu has arrived, and he says, Ki Tekef Yavo. You know, he's on the way, Mashiach is coming, still those rules will, t- will still be enforced because of the significance of the Jewish people keeping separate until the very last moment. It's such a great threat that it has to be something that is remembered until the very end. And so he begins to say that there's another, there's another expression, not only, you know, are we the ones creating rules that are going to keep us separate, but the very nature of Gullus and the tides of history also point in that direction. He says, He says, here's how it works. And this is unbelievable, you know, because uh, he's writing, remember, in the end of the 19th century, early 20th century, um, and those are significant times because of what would happen. So he says that every century or two, here's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to be, um, uh, you know, they're going to be um, comfortable. He says, He said, after those 100, 200 years of comfort, perhaps, a storm, will, a storm wind will emerge and give rise to many waves, destroy, decimate, and wear them out, demolish and sweep away without mercy. The Jews would flee to a distant place, and there they would reunite as a nation. They're going to become big Tamil Chachamim again. They're going to be involved in learning Torah, Torah study. Their wisdom is going to bring them power and resources. Until they will ultimately forget that they are in a strange land. And instead, Yachshav Kizamokom Machzavto Bayitzba Yeshua Hashem. They would think that this is the place that they are meant to be. They would not await for the salvation of Hashem on the appropriate day that it will hopefully come. And they will say, he says, Yehudiata, we will need to be reminded, excuse me, Yehudiata Umisamchaleish, you are a Jew who has made you into a man, this incredibly chashuv, important, significant person. Go to a land that you do not know and you do not understand. He says that this also has significance when it comes to uh, Torah study and Torah wisdom. This cycle is not just to bring us out of the comfort of you know uh, thinking that we are where we're supposed to be. But he also says that you know generally the younger generation wants to innovate and uh, challenge parents and challenge the older generation. He says in the time when the Torah. Was, uh, was in Yerushalayim and things were the way it ought to be. There was a lot of innovation in Torah. And now in Gullus, things stagnate a little bit. So he says also the nature of that rejuvenation of location and rejuvenation of sort of like these cycles of history bring Torah back after generations where sometimes children are rejecting the teachings of their parents. 
Specifically, he makes the following unbelievable comment. He says, Kachshi Darka Shaluma, this is the nation of an this is the method of a nation. when they come into a strange land, you ain't Torah, they are ignorant. Because of all the suffering that they went through, like they don't get a chance to learn, they don't really know much. And then they get some sort of inspiration. They build yeshivas. They they create uh, they create new learning opportunities. Right? They're doing amazing things. And then Torah is doing great. They're doing great. But what happens? The children come and the children want new and the children want different. And then they say, after all of their challenges, Sheker Nachalavosenu, our fathers have taught us lies and we forget where we are, we forget who we are and what we are from. And he says, in the very, very famous line that comes next, Yachshov, and we might think, Ki Berlin, he Yerushalayim. Berlin is Jerusalem referring to the German population of that time, and it's unbelievable to imagine how correct he was in the cycles and how correct he was in the fact that people did have that confidence, and to imagine that what would happen in Berlin ultimately in the 1930s and 40s after he passed would happen after he writes this is just, it's just, just remarkable. He says, you have done like the worst of them, but like the best of them, you have not done. And so he understands that this is the cycle of history, and that storm wind will come, and then they will be removed again. And they will remind themselves, or it will be reminded that they are not in Jerusalem yet. There is a Jerusalem that we're going to be davening for, you know, we daven for on Nachim, on, on Tishbav. There's a Jerusalem of great importance, and there's a Jerusalem about which we are so thrilled that we have reunified, almost there, not quite, but almost there, that we maybe say halal on Yom Yerushalayim. But that does not mean that we are there yet. Even when we're in Jerusalem, we're not there yet, for sure. When we're in Great Neck, for sure, when we're in all the other cities around the world, we're not quite there yet. That should be the reminder that we think on Parashat Bechu Kosai on the eve of Yom Yerushalayim. Try to find Yerushalayim, but not quite there yet.